Hello, welcome to How To Stay Married So Far, and that is our dog snoring. There's nothing we can do about it. I'm so sorry we do this from home. This is going to be a very interesting podcast oh, for God. Mark and I. And just before we started it, we made each other a faithful promise that we would be very honest. Right. Didn't we? Yes. And this comes off the back of an article that Mark found the other day and hurriedly whatsappped me so why don't you summarize well, it well I, I kind of suggested maybe this would make a good podcast and as soon as i sent it i kind of regretted it so <laughs> um, yeah this is a piece that's a kind of it's a sort of memoiry personal op-ed it's not really it, it's a woman sharing her experiences of her marriage and relationship but the, the title of it uh, is my husband used to be hot if i met him now would i still fancy him and she kind of goes into a piercingly honest critique of what she liked about him when she met, what was fanciable, what was attractive, what made it exciting, and where she's at now. Um, and I, I tell you what I related to in one particular way was the way in which she originally talked about how they nearly divorced, and he didn't know until he saw that 110,000 people had uh, viewed it on her Instagram. I kind of share that because I don't know half the stuff everyone in Loose Women knows because <laughs> I always find out <laughs> after the event. She's a selfish mother, isn't she, on Instagram? Is that her name? And, and, and she talks in, in yeah, as, as Mark says, you know, searingly honest, the detail of what and why she fancied him at the beginning. They have a very good, solid marriage. They're excellent parents. He's like top husband. You know, he does yoga. He cooks a great curry. He makes his own pesto. Um, does, he's did you say funny. does yoga? He's funny. All these things. What's wrong and with said, all those things? Well, she, it just, you know, just where is he? She said she often stops and says to him, where are you? What a spoiled and he, woman. <laughs> and he <laughs> says, and he says to her, well, you've changed too. So she does allude to the fact that she has her, you know, irrit irritating habits. She, she acknowledges her own shortcomings in about a five-line paragraph, and she hits him everywhere. And I thought what was notable about this was all the things a man would have thought a woman would have wanted mm. were all the things that made her not fancy him or fancy him less. Yeah, fancy him less. I mean, she doesn't say she doesn't fancy him, but she what she's asking for is still the heady days of the first few months when you want sex all the time on the beach in Ibiza because that's where they met. But um, she doesn't actually criticise him. She says he is all these things and yet. Mm. So she's actually talking about the indefinable, right. isn't she? Yeah. She's talking about time yeah. and what happens over time. Right. I think. I don't actually think she's accusing him of anything other than saying he's great. Right. So And yet she's powerless. And yet she's Because she's, he's he's grown up. So she wants what does she want then? Well, I don't know. She Let's talk about impossible. what we want. But I do I, what I what I got from that article was that she didn't really want to grow up. Mm, yes. That's what I got. Yeah. She's not ready to be a grown up, which in a sense I think both of us are like that, but we'll talk a bit more about that. Isn't this, isn't this a sort of, I suppose it is, this is a sort of another way of sort of tackling the whole idea of the honeymoon period and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I, I mean, think I think th th one major distinction that I think is really important, and I think this feeds into it, is she was in her early 20s when she met her husband, and I was in my early 30s, and you were in your mid to late 30s when we met. And we have talked before about the fact that if we'd met 
many years prior to that or in our 20s, we wouldn't have stayed together for sure. We'd have definitely been together, but we would have destroyed yeah. each other. Yeah. So I thought we'd have a little bit of structure to this Christ, podcast. you can tell she's structure. on ADHD drugs, can't you? <laughs> Jesus. I've got executive thinking now. Wow. This is weird, isn't it? It's like a Lamborghini reversing in This here. is weird. And I mean, you know, we, we do both have ADHD. We are ADHDers. And I think that that played a part in our initial impulsive attraction. I Come on do. then, hit me with your structure. So I thought, why don't we start first with what we think each other were attracted to initially, physically first. Physically. Just physically, and then we'll move on to character. So why do you th think I found you attractive physically? What was it do you think that I thought for? I, I don't know what to say. I mean, the problem with this is, the problem for me with this is, I can't objectively look at myself and like anything. So um, I feel rather fortunate in that my hairline stayed the same. No, um, no, no, you've got to go back to what I'm saying. No, 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 I'm, I'm getting there. Getting I, I, I'm going in a different direction. Um, physically, where do you divide physicality from energy, spirit and attitude? Brilliant answer. That's what I was hoping you were going to say, because you can't do it. We can't do that. I think you lost my legs. We can't. I don't remember thinking anything particularly. Oh, maybe you legs. didn't like my legs. I thought my legs were great. <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, it is difficult to remove energy and, and, okay, so what do you think? Why did I find you attractive at the beginning, mixing it all up together? Because I was supremely confident. I was clearly creative. I think you were drawn to a sort of wild um, kind of uh, improvisational professionalism, i.e. I could, we could just whack out the content said the bishop to the actress but we could whack it out and, and i'm not saying this is this is what i thought of myself but i think this is what you have you know and you like the idea that we weren't rigid and there was a sort of creative air to things and i think you probably liked that aspect of me which was more confident not necessarily always with drink but i felt more confident i suppose and i think there was a confidence that kind of came out i was you know very much talking about my children. I think you liked that, I think. Um, and I, I think my energy, I think probably my energy would have been something that you were drawn to. And, and I think my intelligence insofar as I could have a sort of, if you like, not intellectual laugh, fun, have a sense of kind of, you know, yeah, it's a party, let's be the life and soul, but could also, I think, pivot towards more intellectual things where we could talk about things mm. that perhaps you weren't, you know, I don't know, art, literature, all this kind of stuff. Um, and that I could combine those two things, because I think when I think most positively about myself, I think I like the fact that I can be really mainstream, really sort of... Uh, you know, I can be drawn to really populist things. I, I don't have a problem with blockbusters. I, just, I watch shit on television. I like that. But I also like to straddle that and mm. highbrow stuff. And I, I, I think that might have been a bit attractive too. Well, well done you. 
I've never heard you say so many positive things about yourself. In but one I didn't feel go. any of those about myself, and I think that a lot no, of that but... came from the fortification of drink and something of a reputation. But what I would say to that is, if an, a, a marriage guidance counsellor or any counsellor, therapist, anyone had just heard you say all of that, mm. and you've done a bit of counselling training yourself. Mm. What would they say to you about that, about that, that you've all of what you've just said? Because uh, it isn't just what you think I might have been attracted to. It's, I would suggest it's what you know, but you don't allow yourself in that very British way to validate mm. yourself. Right. You, you, even when you said all of that, which showed a good, really good knowledge of yourself and what's attractive about you, you then had to say, but that's not what I think about myself, that's what I think you thought about me. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it's mediated through, you asked me to say what right. I thought you found yeah. attractive. Now, the fact that we're still together, the fact that we got together means you must have been attracted Where to something. Where does that thought come from, though, what that thought? that's what I find attractive, that's what I would have been attracted to? Because, well, sorry, I don't understand well, the question. Well, because it comes from a deep knowledge in yourself as that's what you are. No, I and think... And that, that, that is a confidence... No, I disagree. I that think, you don't allow yourself to have. I think... I, I think my feeling... I think that sense of myself took an enormous hit. I don't want to get emotional about this. Oh, sweetie. No, I think it took an enormous hit uh, when I stopped drinking. Um, because I had a perception, a self-generated but societally generated perception that you stop drinking, you stop being able to party, you stop being able to be social. And I have to say, back then, I was incredibly social, um, but it was only through drink that I could actually achieve it. Uh, I, in a way, just continued to believe that, in a sense, I suppose you would sum it all up by saying, not being able to be all those things is boring. Um, God, so interesting. And um, being life and soul, being exciting, being unpredictable, being confident when fortified before incoherent <laughs> when too fortified. I just think, um, I think it all changed when I stopped drinking. And I think across time, because... It's really interesting I because all of what you've just said then, that you feel you lost when you stopped drinking, was none of what you said you felt I was attracted to you by in the first place. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you didn't say in that first bit, well, I think you attracted to the fact that I could be the life of the soul and that I was... I was this and I was that. And you were That's actually I mean right. But you were actually right with what you first said. But all of, I was all of those things on. because I was an unrehabilitated kind of person who was, you know, on a hedonistic drive. To, and you were hedonistic, and I think we connected in the hedonism. I think you were drawn to not necessarily the bad boy in me, but you were, it was, you know, there was a wildness and an unpredictability and a chaos and a in retrospect, a sort of ADHD sort of, you know, randomness and impulsivity and compop, you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and... <clears throat> okay, that's a good, good answer. So, yeah. What? 
That was all the things I was trying to do. But but not... What, the drinking? Not the drink. The bit that you feel grief over, I, I didn't... Yes, we used to have fun when we used to get pissed at the beginning, but it was always awful afterwards. So, I, so I, that wasn't a thing. Mm. It wasn't because you could get pissed because I worked with you before I drank with you. Mm. So the first few times I, I, I met you and I knew you and knew that I fancied you, you were stone cold sober. Mm. So it was nothing to do with you being drunk or being... Mm. I never thought of you as the life and soul of the party, actually. Mm. I, it's funny that you say that because that's never something that I thought of you. Well, I'm just, I'm just thinking back to times like, you know, I remember my first birthday and we were in the elbow room somewhere in North London. Yeah, but you were loads troubled. and loads of people. Yeah, I mean... It, Did I you come across to me as life and soul of the well, party? Well, I could only be that and do that when I, when I drank. But you came across to me as troubled on right. that night. That was like a little red flag. It, it, you thought that you were probably showing me the life and soul of the party, but you, what you were showing me was troubled. I, I didn't right. know what it was, because right. it was early days, wasn't it? But yeah, definitely, my initial attraction to you was, um, you're, you will never say that mm. you're gorgeous, but you must have known a bit because everybody fancied you. Everybody on that shoot fancied you. All the women that we were supposed to be finding boyfriends for, every one of them asked me if you were single. Right. None of them fancied any of the people we put on. This was a dating show we did together. Mark was directing and I was presenting it. And we had to put, get, find the perfect partner. And nobody wanted the partners that the BBC had found them because they wanted you. So you must have been aware that you were physically attracted. Because how would you have flirted and gone for whips? Sorry about the dog snoring, it really is annoying. I can't hear it. Oh, it's so loud. I don't know, I don't know. I mean, I suppose... You must I'm, have known I'm you were attracted. Oh my God, Toffee! <laughs> um, it, oh, did I? No, no. I don't think I ever, 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 ever felt that. I just, I knew that something worked and I don't know what it was. <laughs> No, I mean, I genuinely okay, don't. I, I genuinely don't. Really and I, it wasn't, for example, I wasn't someone who went, oh, you know, I feel like that guy who came into Married at First Sight Australia. I didn't think I was a catch. Quite the opposite. No, you didn't think you were a catch. Absolutely. Because I don't like men that think they're a catch. But you had, let us say, a roguish confidence, I right. think, with women. Right. Probably. Yeah, so you would be Helped like, a oh, fuck it, I'll try. Yes. A numbers man. A little. Wasn't just interested in numbers. I No, no, and I, that's not what I thought initially, well, so I should stay with what I thought initially. Right. When I think back to the first few days or few weeks of our relationship, it was that, yeah, that you were really attractive. I remember the first time I met you, you had a really nice chunky jumper on, and I love chunky jumpers. Right. And then years later, I realised you overheat all the time, so you hardly ever wear jumpers. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I loved how gentle and kind you were with everybody on the set. I noticed that straight away. I noticed that you were very... Um, you were very... You, you were like strong, you knew yourself, but you were also, you weren't trying to prove anything, mm. which I found attractive. I think my relationship before you had been with somebody that was was not a happy person, wasn't a bad person, but was struggling a lot with all sorts of things. And you were the complete antithesis of that. And 
you were somebody who for the first time in a lot of years had asked me how I felt. And I remember that being a defining moment. Right. When you said we were having a conversation and I and you said, oh, you must have felt really vulnerable about that. And I was like, I literally stopped in my tracks while we were on the phone. I was like, it was just earth shattering because I realized nobody ever said anything like wow. that to me, ever. Wow. Not friends, not, no, nobody. And I'm always used to just getting on with stuff myself. But when I think of you now and you the thought that no one would have asked that, it's bizarre, isn't it? But not, not from a meanness, but just, yeah. So that was that, you know, but, um, you know, I'd just come off the back of being a soap star, if you like. I'd been presenting for about a year or so, mm. hadn't I? And so I think often with people off the telly that appear to have it all, people just assume you have it all and there's no really mm. room for you being in any way vulnerable or upset. Anyway, so there was that, very gorgeous. Um, and I think also there was just that chemical, indefinable, you know, just thing mm. that was just, that, that it's indefinable. So, so, so that's, that's everything that I felt about. So what did, you, what did you think I was attracted to you? What, what attracted me to you? I think... Well, it was funny because you always used to call my hair frizzy. And my hair was not in the least bit frizzy then. It was really curly. And people had always really liked my curly hair. So I thought, oh my God, he hates my hair. Except I'd had one boyfriend that was always trying to get me to cut my hair short. Now, why would I cut my hair short? Can you imagine me with short hair? No, not really, no. Um, so I was like, oh God, he doesn't like my hair. And he doesn't like my... I thought about a lot of the things that you didn't like. Right. I thought... That's weird. So those were my insecurities. I thought I was a bit rough, a bit South London. Because I was under the illusion that you were quite posh, but that was just because you spoke nicely. But you were no... We're both middle class, really, aren't we? We've had a middle yeah, class... I mean, if I'm honest, I think, you know, my family originally came from a very lower middle class, lower middle class. I mean, you know, it wasn't... No, but I thought you were posh. I've always right. said this, haven't I? I imagined you, because I didn't think for a second you fancied me. Right. Until one day I saw you looking at my, right at my vagina in a restaurant. <laughs> and I was like, Babe. oh my God. Babe, you were sat with I your had my legs leg up. wide open. No, I had my legs up. I had jeans on and boots. And I had my legs up in a God cafe. And he just looked directly at me. And I was like, oh. Because before then I was thinking, oh mean? God. I was thinking, oh my God, he would never fancy me. He likes those girls with like straight swinging hair. I've said this to you lots of them, with a ponytail and like, and some of his ex-girlfriends, I think I got it right. Because at that point, I didn't really know anything about you. I thought you were a good time girl. Well, yes, that was the other thing. So I thought that, so I thought all of those things. But then after we first got together, I thought, oh my God, he thinks I'll just do this with everybody. Well, partly because you've just revealed... When you say you've a just good revealed, time girl, what do you you've mean? You've just revealed to the world that I looked at your vagina. Well, <laughs> crotch. I, don't, I hate the word crotch, it makes me feel sick. And I remember being struck by how freely and willingly you talk about all sorts of sexual things, like anal sex and blowjobs. And I remember sitting in the back of the crew bus and you were chatting away. I remember that. I wasn't, I actually, I did not talk about anal sex. And no, 
The other woman in the van brought up anal sex. I was You're... talking about blowjobs. I was not talking about anal thinking, sex. I remember thinking, I didn't think, oh, she's having this conversation for me to hear. I thought, Christ, she's just a goer. I just thought, you're oh, a girl. You're probably going to get cancelled for saying that. What do you mean? This is back in the unrehabilitated <laughs> When we can say things like, can, yeah, yeah, like a right goer. <laughs> a right goer. And, so, yes. okay, so you thought I was a goer. So how did that inform you? Well, you haven't so, told me what you thought so, I was attracted to you over. You well, you just told me you're a goer. You didn't yeah, say that. This isn't about that. This is about what well, you thought I was attracted to. I've got so fucking confused. It's ridiculous. <laughs> this I is got... about what you thought I found attractive. Oh, I've said what I thought was attractive about you. have done it wrong. No, no, no. I said what I thought you found attractive about me. It's not how I feel about myself. And you what am I doing? Telling us what <laughs> you think I found attractive about you. Beyond oh. your crotch. Have I done that then? Have I said it? Well, you said your crotch. Oh, my hair. Yeah, you didn't like hair. my hair. Oh, I've only what said you're talking you about like. exactly what do you think I was um, drawn to? I think you were drawn to the fact, and this was explained years later in rehab at the Priory, when I said, I don't understand. When I, they were explaining to me that I was a rescuer and I was saying, I don't understand. How do I know when I meet somebody that they are somebody that needs to be rescued? And they said, there's so many tiny details that you pick up on between each other when somebody is a rescuer and they're looking for them. And I really remember really clearly when you'd, you talking about something, don't you say what it was, and I, and I was just, I was outside of me fancying you and I was just very human with you. And I was like, and I, I was like, oh my God, you know, and I was straight. And I, I think that was a moment for both of us. I think it was set a bit, you wanted to be rescued and I have always rescued so I can avoid my own feelings. So I think you were partly attracted to the fact that I was, and I don't mean in the way, but that I have quite a maternal mothering sort of, wow. not that you wanted to be mothered, and I don't mean like in a sexual way, but I think that you've always been looking for somebody that was kind and I think you've always wanted a sense of Family, so that mixed with the fact that I was a bit of a goer was probably in your eyes when you were the goer. I remember the name of the guy's house that I first met you in to film. Dino Finley. Oh, Dino. Dino Finley in Leicester, mm. uh, Dorney in Leicester. Um, and I remember thinking when you walked through the door, it was one of those instances again where I just, we shot it in one take, you came through the door, we shot it all, da 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 da, the dog leapt up, you, you heard music on the radio, you started to dance to the music. Did and, I? And, and... I danced. I oh, I used to you, do that to try and make yeah, you were, you were the contributors feel included. Making them at ease, exactly. But I remember finding you, I thought, wow, uh, this is quite intoxicating because you don't, you know, having worked with loads of presenters who couldn't walk and talk, I thought, Jesus, she's just bowled in here like a whirling dervish. And she's oh, wow. swept everyone off their feet. And so I would wow, say that that, that was that. a huge part of thinking, oh, my God, she's, she's incredibly alluring. Isn't it funny? Because as I would walk up to the door of any contributor, this is when you're filming with somebody, you know, a, a real person, not mm. a celebrity, and you're going into their home. I would just get this like feeling of absolute like just fear and I can't do this. I can't go in and I've got to go in and make these people feel good. Mm. 
So I did actually, right, I've forgotten this. I would go in and I would be like, like I've walked into a party at like a thousand percent wattage. Mm. Actually, when I think about it, that is what I used to do, it's exhausting. Can I just say, as a, as a sidebar on that, I think that's one of the things that made you such a great presenter. And this was something that was very important to me. I mean, I'm touched that you said that, because for me being head of a crew or whatever, you know, shooting films, I don't, it's not about directing by authority, mm. it's about directing by collectivity making and making everyone, and also making everyone mm. in, the, in, the, in the spectrum of hierarchy feel they've got something to contribute and therefore have some ownership over it and then they'll care. That's simple for me. And simple I think logic. the fact but that let you me let me do that because a lot of directors and yeah. producers, I would say, listen, I want some time with the person first when I get there and be like, time? And I'll go, yeah, because mm. I'm going to ask them to be my pretend best friend all day. Mm. Let me find out something about the, that time that I spend with them will be worth it because we'll get nicer stuff because person and you were very allowing of that but also again sort of you know complimenting you you know the brutality of television production teams is they bowl into ordinary people's lives they take their footage and they leave and my line very early on was this potentially for this person we're filming with ah. is the most exciting thing that's going to happen not in their lives. It's not being presumptuous. It's a huge thing to but be it's on a telly. Huge thing. To be and dead. the excitement yeah. of them, I would feel it because, of course, I was course, shooting with them do. for days before. Mm. I would almost or probably over relate to them in retrospect because yeah. it was quite exhausting. We both did. Yeah, exactly. And I think I saw that in you yeah. and I saw a respect afforded to the specialness of the city. I mean, I mean, I'd like to think that's where our connection with a lot of our subscribers mm. comes from, because I think it is genuine. You know, mm. you're kind of doing something, you're wanting people to watch you, but equally, it's a two-way street. You know, mm. this is... And I like that. I, I really like that. I thought that was really attractive, because I thought, you know, wow, okay, she hasn't just come in here to be on her... Not that we had mobiles, really, that well, we did, but just really shit ones. You know, you didn't just come in to be on your phone and yeah. kind of get out as soon as possible. Yeah. It was the exhausting we, process. We both invested a thousand percent with people. It's interesting, this conversation, isn't it? Yeah, we, I mean, what we started here with, what did you first fancy me? And actually, so far, though, God knows what we're going to say about whether we still find each other hot, but so far, it's very life-affirming. You know, you're not sitting there going, well, it was your tits. And, uh, you know, and I, you know, and you, I'm not sitting there going, oh, well, you were just so hot and everybody fancied you. It's a 360 degree thing. I think it was the first time I may have realised that meeting you. I think it was possible. So when the... did you go from thinking I was, so how long did you think I was a goer? I.e. Still every... you are. <laughs> no, no. i.e. every shoot that I'm on, I get off with the director. Uh, quite a few years. Years. Mm. I'm just being honest, but um, but we we never been with any other director apart from you. Well, we need to get back to what the next part of this is. That's what we thought. It's very weird. I've got so confused now. So we've now described what we thought the other one would have found attractive about us. Yeah. Was there any surprises? Uh. This is a different question to where we were going. So the, ne <laughs> the next question was going to be, what do we each think the other one finds less attractive about each other? So this is what we found... Why don't we just tell each other? Well, okay, so, so we've just discussed what we found attractive in the beginning, right? What and we now... thought the other one found attractive. <laughs> I don't know why... No, no, this is ADHD no, structure. You had a list, but it makes no fucking I'll sense. I'll tell you why this is relevant. Because... No. If we now think 
those things are no longer there because we've got older and we're punishing ourselves and they may not even be things that people found attractive. So it's always... What? Say. What? <laughs> I, I literally don't understand. <laughs> so say, say, right, one I'm of the things saying. I thought that you thought was really attractive to me about me was my incredibly toned stomach, which I've never had. Yes. And now my stomach isn't in, in, incredibly yes. toned. I might say to you, well, I think the thing you were most attracted to was my stomach, and obviously you can't find me attractive now because of my stomach. Right. And so, then I could be wrong. <laughs> well, I think we've established it's not about physicality. I think this has gone wrong. So is there anything we physically fancy less about each other? So I think this is why we needed to say what we thought we physically we found, but we couldn't because we said we couldn't separate it. So, for instance, there are certain things that you say you hate about yourself, and I'm not going to say them because people, you know, run with that. But you, in 20 years of marriage, I have never been able to convince you that it's one of the things I find really attractive about you. Mm. It's long, and isn't, isn't it? Isn't that. <laughs> <laughs> It's not his penis, <laughs> but um, well, I do like his penis. But, um, <laughs> Just but, make a note of that time code. But but so 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 what I suppose I'm trying to get at we're so warped with what we think is attractive about ourselves and what other people want from yes. us and all of that that getting older and over a long time over a relationship, people I think why a lot of people start to disengage and, and communicate less. Is because they start to not fancy themselves. Mm. When you, when you, when you're, when you're your own worst enemy, when you're going, oh god, but I look so, oh my god, I'm disgusting, oh god, my stomach, oh my god, stretch marks, oh my god, this, oh my god, that. How are you going? You're, you know, that's going to affect how much you find your partner to be hot or not. You know, you've got to. You've got to find yourself attractive as I, well. I think the physical side of things has become more significant, significant to me as I've got older. I do worry about... And and this is the kind of dance that relationships do, isn't it? Shadow dance each other. In saying this, I don't think it's of you. Because whenever I say I'm worried that I'm getting wrinkly, that I'm getting saggy, that I've got lumps here, bumps here wrinkles here, hairs here, and all this kind but of I stuff. But I do think all you... of those things about myself, but I just don't say them. No, 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 but I, what you often come back with when I say that is, well, then what must you think about me? Whenever I sort of talk downgrade how I feel about myself, you often say, well, then what do you think about me? And it's 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 not a quid quo pro swap situation. Well, can I say to you why I do, why that? Why I say that to you? Why? Because when I see my jowls just dropping here, and I thought, oh my God, I just hate that and I think about facelifts and everything. And I think, well, I don't, you know, I don't think Mark sees that. I don't, I don't think it, So then when you say, oh my jowls, oh my jowls, oh my jowls, all the time, I'm thinking, he's, so he's seeing that in me as well. Like, you know, we all have those awful photographs that we catch on our phone and I just think, oh my God, I look so awful. I look so like jowly and so, I stop myself and I say, don't be so brutal to yourself. Look how much you've worked on yourself. Da, da, da. And I talk myself out of that stinking thinking. So then when you talk about it constantly about yourself, I do think, God, is he looking at me in the same way? I can't help it. But I you do. think that of yourself? You make me, no, I think it of myself. I talk myself out of it. I don't voice it. So why wouldn't you so think often. that of me? 
because the way I talk myself out of it is I go, I don't think Mark notices this. You're just being so brutal on yourself. You're an ever moving person. If I stop now and I look down on my phone, you're gonna see one very clear, unpleasant angle. But how often do we stop in one angle and show somebody of that particular part? Is I always say to you, well, we're getting older, what do you want? Do you wanna look 20? Get over it, you're not gonna look 20. But I look at you and I see a whole moving person with everything. If you go back to what we were talking about at the very beginning, which is we couldn't separate our looks from our character, our energy, our vibration. We couldn't do that. Well, why does that change when mm. we're older? Years and years ago, I remember my sister saying to my mum, you know, would you like a facelift for your birthday? I can't remember what birthday it was. And she was like, oh my God, I'd love one, all of this. Anyway, told my dad and my dad genuinely sat there just completely confused. And he was like, but, but what? to look 21 because she looks so young and he was so perplexed mm. and it was a really life-affirming moment for mm. me and I don't know whether it was for my sister as well but I was just like god they're growing old together they're seeing everything all life is coming together now of course I'd love to look 25 again you'd love me to look 25 again no I wouldn't okay so why do I have to want you to look 25 again uh, I don't know I mean yeah, Come on, right. you're joking. Yeah, no. If somebody came here and said, I can click your finger, you've got a grand and you're going to go back and you just get all your still life together, but you're going to look 25. Of course we would. Yeah, I guess so. Of course we would. Yeah, but I mean, I think, but, okay, okay. Well, so that's the physical side. So we're going with the hot. And remember, this is the theme of the podcast. Have we remembered that? What? Do we still find each other hot? Yeah, do we? Do, okay. Yeah. So we're not there yet. No, when are we going to get there? I don't it? know, because I don't know where we, we are now. We keep going through each other in this very confusing fashion. So <laughs> makes so much so sense what when do I write I think, it down. Okay, well, I'm going to chuck my. Okay, what do I think you don't find attractive about me now? Yeah, what haunts you now? If you think, God, we've been married twenty years, she must find. And this, this. is beyond physicality, because I think one thing I just like to add on the end of that is I I feel it is incumbent on me to keep myself as fit as I can. As, as potentially tight and as nice as I can. I don't just do it for myself. I do do it for you. I know you do. And you do and it I, five days a week. Joe and Ritz, I, and I, mad. And I do it because because it, my self-esteem doesn't go anywhere else. I mean, that's just at a level because that's just, it's warped, stinking thinking. But I figure that if I do all of this, then it's got to help somewhere, so it's got to be better. Um, what do I think you don't like about me now? Um, or not don't like about me, but don't find hot... Probably it's all to do with um, self-care. It's probably all to do with uh, a refusal to acknowledge my strengths. Uh, so in that sense, I suppose a loss, not a loss of confidence, because it's not entirely that, but a loss of self-belief sometimes. Not always, sometimes. Um, not being so harsh on myself, not being so mean to myself. Um, Are these the things that I find... Not hot. Not hot, yeah. yeah. And I think those things, whilst it's not about... But I suppose But what people want to hear is, what don't you find hot about me? Isn't it, she talks about not fancying him, really, doesn't she? But she talks about the fact that he's not playful anymore, that he's I become very that. sensible, that he gets up yeah. at 5am to do yoga and he, um, you know, listens to wellness podcasts. Sounds like and, you. 
I, I thought, bloody hell, this is me. Yeah. Maybe I need um, to hook up with her. <laughs> <laughs> right at the end, she says she, she, she thinks she's got ADHD because yeah, yeah. she can't listen for more than a few minutes. She gets bored. Um, yeah. So is there anything physically about me you don't find hot? No. Except what? when you're not shaving, I hate it. Toner? Literally, literally, Toner? literally, I hate it. And so when you don't, when I every day, you know, wash my hair, make sure it looks nice, put my makeup on, all of that. You're and not you doing don't. that for me. You're doing that because no, you are an editor off the telly. No, I'm not. I'm doing that because it's nice. Right. It's got, because it's nice, not because I'm Nagis Wallerothetelli. I just swallow off the telly now, am I? But then you wear baggy pants. Right, so, yeah. So, I, so, yeah, that's the only thing physically mm. that I don't like. Right. Okay. You, uh, if you're listening, I, I shaved shortly before this podcast. Yeah, but I had to remind you again, and I, yeah. I'm really sick of reminding okay. you. So, I find that a turn off. Okay. That's it. So, what else? What do um, you find I think also when when I think, yeah, when you, you're, you're very intense with what you do all the time. So you don't let, like, you will let your hair go for like months and months and months. And like, even today I said, mm. do you want your, I've got my friend come around to cut my hair. I said, do you want you to do, he goes, oh, well, let me see. Why? Well, no, it's only because it gets minutes. in the way of doing other stuff. I know, I know. No, but it's that sort of self-care. Yes. I think that more often women are looking after themselves all the way through and men but what I would say is I think it's incredible because I know you do so much of that workout you can be so exhausted and you'll get up and you'll do that Joe Wicks hell and you do that to keep fit and you do that to you know for me and all of that so these are two small things Mm. You know, shaving up. More but, about personality. But it's just because it's twenty years of it. Yeah, and so in terms of you know, she goes on about wellness, this thing, but the, the excitement's not there. Do you feel that any? Because I think one of the things I get, I feel I'm not sad. Well, I suppose I do feel sad about. I don't feel. I mean, I said the other day, didn't I? Curiously, I said, um, I said, I don't. Yes, we go to, occasionally. We'll go to a restaurant. Yes, we'll go away to do a sort of, I don't know, travel or something like that. Um, but I thought, God, we haven't really, you know, we haven't been to a gallery together. We haven't, there isn't the same allure. You yeah. know, the thing that I felt I brought to the table outside of our physical attraction, all that kind of stuff, I don't feel like there's as much need for it in the relationship mm. or as much desire for it in the relationship. And so... You I all... think that's been the hardest thing with you not drinking. It's not about you being the life and soul of the party. It's not about you being... But... For so many years, our going out has always had to be very, what's the word, very... What, are we talking about all these, I mean, I'm talking about cultural events, not parties. And... No, no, I'm talking about that, that you, like the other day you said to me, oh, I'd really like to take you out for a drink. And I thought, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Because it was a bit different, because mm. it, it it's always has to but be it was either a night. film. If it was a Valentine's night, yeah. I would have done it. But it... Either a film... Or for years it was Yo Sushi, wasn't it? And there was nothing else. Even though I love food, you would never... And, and I, but I was really aware of that because you being sober is the most important thing because you're not sober. It's not good for any of us. So for a lot of years, I think we were just working around where for you to sit in a bar to go to a pub, these things are horrible for you. But I think now you are much more sober after 20 years. And I think sometimes it would be nice to do things like... 
sit in a not a raging pub or a raging mm. club but to do things a bit like we used to but without you drinking like a lot mm. of sober people do go to parties do go to pubs do go to things just occasionally and i think you were very very romantic at the beginning of our relationship and then when your jealousy got a bit difficult it then became we had a weird point didn't we where where romance was like I didn't want it because it felt like that it was just covering up. It was like a plaster, you know. And so, so the romantic, we've always said our romance is very different. Mm. I love language. So your romance was very much, you made me beautiful poems, paintings, just like surprise things. Whereas mine is always, I think, my romantic self is very much like well, there you. for you, like 100% worrying about you, looking after you, feeding you, all those things. My love language is different. But and yes, sometimes I miss that romantic side. I miss you wanting the... Because I felt what I brought... Yes, you bring all those things, and it's lovely, is that I felt I brought other stimulation outside of the bedroom. No, <laughs> other stimulation outside of the domestic, or in, in a sense, or the, the caring or the familial. I, I, you know, I liked... I loved it when I introduced you to something, and you, and because it, I was, I hope I wasn't introducing it in such an arrogant, no, sort of pretentious never. way. You would swell towards it, and I, I, I still have that in me, and I still wish I could. But there's and I don't, no I, time, mate. I, I don't I think, feel, yeah. Well, for example, I just wanted to just take you out next week, but I know I have to check in with your schedule, and suddenly then you have to say why because you go why. And I can't, you can't, we can't do surprises. Like when I realised it was you arranging something, I thought it was for a work thing. Yeah, I was but like, as soon as, yeah, as, and I put it into my phone straight away. Yeah, but as soon as I, but the fact, back then, we didn't even need to ask each other. Well, of course, but this is about being a grown-up. But this is what she's going yeah, on about. this is, what she wants is to be 21 on the beach in Ibiza. And I think what hampers her is that she was 21 or thereabouts with him. Exactly. And so there's far more of a contrast between where she is now, and I think there would be with us if we'd met in our 20s too. Um, so, okay, before we, because we've been going for an, a, a remarkable amount of time. So what do you think I don't find, find as Attraction hot about, about you? Okay, definitely my white hair. You said it's like looking at the last chamber <laughs> of life. Last week on Coffee Rose. No, definitely. No, no, but aside, before you said white hair looks like you're in the last chamber of life. I I have every time I've caught myself and it is really hard to keep up with grey hair uh, when you've got such dark hair blonde people it just doesn't show up but every time I've caught myself where you might have been filming me and I see it and I think because I'm seven years older than you how much older am I? Six. Six years older than you and I do think god you must look Jesus, she's an old woman. No, but I'm telling you yeah, what, yeah. Okay. what the insanity of these okay. things. Um, my arthritic thumb, I think I've got to stop talking about it because I think that's a bit annoying. Well, it's only I don't find that unattractive. What, do I, what don't I, what do I no longer find hot about you? Well, this is, yeah. Your I used to have a normal thumb. thumb. Now yeah, I've babe, got an arthritic thumb. Where is your thumb coming into our lives? <laughs> when I go, oh, my arthritic thumb, I just think, don't do that, sounds right. pathetic. Um, when my knee clicks a lot, because I know your mum's had a lot of trouble with her knees, and I think, oh my God, on my knees, reminding him of his mother. Honest to God, this is what I think. Right. Um, I think, yeah, the way I dress around the house, so I have been trying to be better, but I do like being comfortable. Um, 
so definitely the way that I dress. You, when I'm in my TV mode, you've never liked that or fancied me. Like if I'm dressed up for loose women, you've always just found it a bit blah. But the only reason for that, that, that is something I've long felt about just presenters TV. in general, yeah. is that it's su such an artifice. Yeah. That it completely eclipses what I actually think most people would find even more attractive. Yeah, about yeah, it. exactly. I, I get, I get it. Mm. No, I'm just telling you the things that you don't fancy about me. Um, I think when I am too um, scattered and like intense and furrow-browed, which is, I think, the same for any couples, isn't it? If you, we spend so much time together that we're going to have periods of time where we're furrow-browed, but I think it's. You find it very irritating. I think also it's that fine line with me, isn't it, where I'm oh, desperate for you not to die. And because I do read up a lot about health and stuff, I see so many things that worry me that you're going to die. So I, so I, I nag. Right. I really nag about health. And I think, I mean, I don't like to use the word nag because I do think it's, it's a very, it's always used against women and never against men, but... I think that that's a very unattractive thing. I think um, wow, my my um, grinding of my teeth, my snoring, my farting, mind you, yours is worse. Loud eating. Loud eating. But these are all quite surface little things, aren't they? They're good, no, like, but these, like, are what, these are no, uh, never ever underestimate those. Those are the little nibblers that eat away at a marriage. Because like, for, for example, like I was just thinking they're my eyebrows. Yeah. I've been looking at eyebrows the whole way through, thinking, why doesn't he just trim his eyebrows? <laughs> like, the other week, had a really long thing, thumbnail, I asked you about 500 times, and you went, well, it's not that bad. And I said, well, I don't like it. Okay, so so all of that sort of stuff. Um, my hair? You've got lovely hair. Um, the, I worry, the thing I think I worry most about is not being, and this is something I've worried about with my mental health, with my addiction, stopping drinking and taking meds, is not being as much fun as I used to be. I will be incredibly and can be incredibly, I mean, guys on the channel will know I can be very silly. I try to be very funny. I had to fail off and I was editing something the other day and I was thinking, oh, what's oh, but I love how, I love, and she talks a lot in that article about how her husband's not playful anymore. I love how playful you are. I just wish, the difficult thing for me is when we go out, you, I always feel like you're tense because of people listening to us. I sometimes think you find me so embarrassing. It's like you want me to be so quiet. And so often I feel really like stiff when we're out because I'm like, and I'm just... No, that, I, do, that, I, I hear that. I hear and that, and but, that's not fun. That's the thing that's not fun. But the reason for that is very simple, which is as soon as we step into almost any space, we are public property and everyone is staring. And but so someone, what? Yeah, that's easy for you to say. Yeah, but no, it's, 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 it should be easier for you to say because if I'm anything and people see, they're going to say that Najiswala was da-da-da. She was a bit pissed, she was a bit loud, she was laughing too loudly. I mean, what do I ever do that's terrible anyway? No, no, I know. But, but I feel me, like I'm supposed to For me, to just... it ruins the sense of privacy, anonymity, the ability oh, to just be a normal couple. I think we should work harder on that after out. 20 years. I know. Because it's good. not nice yeah. for me. Because yeah. I feel like I can't be me yeah. with my husband yeah yeah fair enough i mean we are on the channel all the time exactly so in summary do we have any more categories of telling each other what we think the other one thinks i don't think no because i've got so confused i need to have a lie down bloody hell right so
$64 million question. Do I still find you hot? Oh, I thought we'd done that, no? What do you think? We haven't answered it. Uh, yes. Oh! What else? Don't spoil it by now knocking it all down. Do I find That's you hot? That's a huge, huge thing for you to say that. Do I find you hot still? I think we'll leave that to you guys. To oh, all. that's so unfair. Why am I getting so high-pitched? Okay, guys. You definitely do. And and you've got a... Here's a something. Here's a something for you, right? Yeah, something. And for anybody listening to this. God, fucking that's Most of up. the time, we have no idea what those little things are that the other person finds so attractive, mm. right? So when you're focusing in on zeroing in on a wart on your chin or a jowl, you are missing the point that there could be a whole load of things you've never even seen in yourself. Because the thing, like, there's one thing you did about a few minutes ago that I absolutely love about you, that I can't tell you. Because the minute I tell you, you will start obsessing, you will start trying to do it, and you'll ruin it. It's like when you found out I found it hot when you put your arm on the car seat like this to turn and park. And then you kept doing it and then it wasn't sexy or fun anymore because you were conscious about it. You like so, my new all film these, camera. Or I like your camera. All these, th but even then you've started just doing it now, posing. So it's all the things you would never notice that I find the hottest. So rather than focusing on stuff I don't even think about, just accept. I've been with this woman 20 years. She still fancies me. I'm obviously never going to understand that and let it go. I agree. But I suppose what this woman does describe in this article is what I've always feared getting old in a relationship is about. Uh, a gradual loss of interest and a gradual... But that's what you've ever said for the last 20 no, years. No, 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 so I know. And all I've spent my time doing is waiting for that moment. I know, ruining play. the moment you're in. Mm. One foot in the past one in the future shitting on the present that's what you do and if you do it at home stop it because the time is now the time is now okay babe. so have you pulled have you pulled yeah i'm trying to, well, I'm going to rewind this to find out what it was i did oh god i bet he does ah but did i tell you the exact time no, you, you won't be able to see it because no. it's imperceptible oh my god what the hell could it have been it's, uh, I told you it years ago, but you just was like, you just couldn't okay. get it.